0: To date, my students have got to ask questions directly to analysts and data scientists from Amazon, Apple, and Google. They've even got to talk directly to CEOs, CMOs, and presidents of companies who have been former clients of mine to get insights on how senior managers use data to drive their business decisions. If you're interested in becoming one of my students, check the links in the description down below. I'm currently offering two programs. One is a one-month career services program, and the other is an analytics apprenticeship program associated with Greensboro College. In both of those programs, we take a three-tiered hybrid approach. So you'll have access to pre-recorded asynchronous lectures, live group lectures in a cohort setting, and one-on-one coaching with experts in the analytics space. On average, our students are gaining about a $16,000 pay increase going through the program.
1: Hello and welcome to the How to Get an Analytics Job podcast. In this podcast, we talk to experts in and around the analytics industry. One week, we may talk to a data scientist from a FANG tech company. Then the next week, we may talk to a data engineer or business analyst, or even I may pull one of my consulting clients so you get to hear from an executive on how they use data to drive business decisions day in and day out. My name is John David Arianson, and I'm the founder of Silvertone Analytics, which is a boutique consulting agency that focuses on analytics for medium to small-sized businesses. I'm also a professor at Greensboro College, where I teach analytics. Most recently, I have founded the Greensboro College Analytics Apprenticeship Program, which melds these two job functions together. This is your opportunity to work directly with me and one of my clients. The Greensboro College Analytics Apprenticeship Program is a three month program. In the first month, you're going to be completing the Analytics Foundation Certification backed by Greensboro College. Then in month two, you're going to be taking that knowledge base that you developed in month one and applying it out in the field where you're going to be working with one of my client's executive teams, where you're going to be solving a business problem using data and analytics tools. Then in the third month, we're going to bring it all together with a full month of career services. Now, this is going to be quite a bit different than the typical career services at a university or a college. Here, I'm going to help you build a professional brand around where you are as an analyst. So in the first month, you have worked with a ton of different data sets. We're going to take the data sets that really resonate with you to help you hone in on your ideal entry-level job. We're going to build a Tableau public portfolio around that area of expertise. We're going to razor-focus your resume and LinkedIn. And I'm also going to coach you on how to talk about yourself in an interview setting. So if you're ready to break into the analytics space, head over to slash Apprenticeship, and there you can learn more about the program and if you're interested, you can apply. With all that being said, let's start the podcast episode. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. So we're about to jump into season two, episode one of the podcast and we're bringing on Albert Bellamy to talk about LinkedIn strategies. He's actually taken over our LinkedIn page for the past month And in that very, very small time frame, has almost managed to grow our followership by five times. And the reason that he was able to do this is that he has learned so much about building his own personal brand on LinkedIn. So in this episode, he's going to talk for about 40 minutes or so about LinkedIn strategies, how to build your own personal brand. Then we're going to jump into a LinkedIn critique of one of my Greensboro College students and then we're going to open things up to Q&A. So he's going to talk about specific concrete strategies of how you can grow on LinkedIn and he even talks about the LinkedIn algorithm and how you can actually use it to your advantage. For example, sharing other people's content doesn't really get you very much engagement or reach on LinkedIn. So I'm very, very excited to get to kick off season two with the bang. Without further ado, let's jump into the podcast episode. Let's kick off you talking about LinkedIn strategies because you've actually put together a whole presentation, which is, um, I think, I didn't even ask for that. So thank you so much for that.
2: Marines will overdo anything <laughs> you should so yeah, I'm going to try and motor through this. this is probably a little more material than we uh, we necessarily have time for for this segment. But I want to talk about just how I use LinkedIn really for the last three or four months uh, to network, to engage, and then to create opportunities for myself. Which led led to me uh, doing work with John David on the channel and on the, uh, the LinkedIn site. So just background on me: uh, I've been in the Marine Corps for 20 plus years. Um, in last August, I started thinking about retiring. And one thing that the, uh, the military offers you is a lot of webinars. And a lot of those are on how to use LinkedIn. I um, was not familiar with it at the time. And uh, so I just started learning and, and taking notes and networking and putting into place all of the things that they were teaching me. And so I got basically about six hours of instruction on LinkedIn. I'm gonna try and uh, Vulcan mind-meld about 20 to 25 minutes to you guys today um, but suffice to say that you're getting wave tops at best. Um, I started documenting the process um, and this actually works on two levels this is one of my first like big hit posts It got almost 5,000 views and uh, 87 engagements um, the, the other lesson here for a data analyst is I mean look at the power of, um, of data visualization just the, the little uh, line graph going up and up and up is is motivating and so and it is powerful. Um, so anyway, I, I posted this when I first started posting daily content on LinkedIn, and it really took off. Like 5,000 people uh, read it and, and almost 100 engaged on it. During the course of those webinars, we started this uh, 30-day challenge. It's based on the name of the guy that taught us the classes, Mike Quinn. Uh, so we created hashtag 30-day Quinn challenge, and the challenge was do 30 days of content one post every day. Um, I took, tried to take that a step further by doing original content every day. And we'll get into that, why you don't want to share content. It um, just doesn't work on LinkedIn. Um, but in that time, in that 30 days, I more than tripled my network, which uh, had, already, uh, had already grown significantly. Uh, I 30xed, I think is the new term, my profile views. And I got a tri- free t-shirt, which is pretty nice. Um, so, And then looking back and doing the research for this class, I realized that I've done 123 posts in 123 days back to and including that 30-day challenge. I did miss the day after Veterans Day, but I made it up the next week, which is another thing you don't wanna do, but we'll get into that. Okay, so I boiled it down to four areas of focus and these kind of go in order, but in in other ways they're concurrent. Um, You wanna complete your profile uh, with a minimum of an all-star profile, um, and then a couple steps beyond that. You wanna do networking, but not just networking, you wanna target that. Um, And you wanna do content creation and engagement which can be kind of one in the same, uh, but, but it's a little bit different. Uh, and then personal branding kind of ties it all together and you want to be strategic with that. So profile completion, um, this is your public face. You've got to remember, uh, LinkedIn is your public face to employers, to coworkers, and to your network. So you want to make that approachable. You don't want to look like a stalker. You don't want to look like a bot or a Bitcoin salesman or any of the other kind of bugaboos you'll find out there. Um, LinkedIn advertises that users with complete profiles, and that just means fill in each of the gaps with something, they're 40 times more likely to receive opportunities through LinkedIn. The more you play with it, the more you realize that people that don't have headshots or don't have like job titles or or kind of their names are a little weird, probably not people you want to deal with too much. Um, So all-star profile has five elements. And if you fill in these five, you're probably going to have an approachable profile. You want a headshot, uh, we'll talk about that on the next slide. You want a headline. Now you got to watch for the auto population. Your headline will auto populate to your job and employer. Um, you want to write that out on brand. Um, if you get with me, I can show you a couple examples. I've had some some absolutely terrible headlines and mine now is okay. Uh, it's work in progress. You got to fill in five skills. You can have up to 50. These are pretty easy to come up with. You guys as college students, you're likely to Uh, To not have a ton of hard skills unless you have like coding hobbies or something like that. Probably going to be soft skills, uh, interpersonal relations, problem solving, that sort of thing. Your summary and your about section uh, goes by two names depending on where you're filling it out. Take the time to write it out originally. That can also auto-populate, but I'll show you if that sticks out like a sore thumb. And then your experience and education. Obviously for you guys, it's probably going to be fairly limited. You probably had two or three jobs each um, probably one iteration of the, of the education unless you came from a community college. All right, so sorry about this, Shay, but I'm gonna use you as an objective example. So your headshot needs to be clear. It needs to be a picture of just you. I don't want anything like cropped where you're in the glee club and you just kind of cut out everybody else. Um, it should have a neutral background. It should be well lit and, and focused on your face, your your head and shoulders, and you should be dressed for the job that you want, okay? So the upper right, I got his permission to use this. That's my buddy Derek. Um, He is a former Marine. Um, He looks awesome. He is dressed for the kind of business casual job environment in which he works. One minor quibble is you got the trees in the background. It's not a completely flat background, but that's not bad. All right, Shay, you're not not zoomed in. It's not focused. I don't know if you're going to dress like that for work. Obviously, this is not a picture that was taken to be a LinkedIn headshot, and I get that, um, but but you do see people that are working that have pictures like that out there, so sometime between now and and getting a job or trying to get a job, go, go take yourself a headshot with your phone. Well, Make sure it's so, not a selfie.
1: Yeah, we, I've actually taken Connor and Christina's photo with my DSLR camera, so Shay, I'm totally down to actually come bring you into my co-working space so i'm going to push back on you a little bit al i think having like a nice like urban environment and maybe we can do this when we do the uh, linkedin makeover with ben we can take a look at connor and christina's headshots and you can critique my approach but um christina's background is a little bit busy because it's taken in my co-working space and there's kind of a lot going in the background but it's an action shot i thought it was cool but you know maybe we have a little bit of a spirited debate on if that is good or bad from a LinkedIn brand perspective,
2: I'm down for it. I think, uh, yeah, I remember thinking about Christina's uh, headshot when I was uh, doing this slide, and you know, I, I think hers is pretty good because it's got all of those other things. It's the only thing it's lacking is it's not a designed headshot, but um, you know, clear, well lit, she's well dressed, uh, easy day. I'm good with that one. Um, the one thing I didn't list here was you should be smiling. Um, you, you want a picture that looks like someone that you want to hire and work with. Um, look at that jerk on the freaking bottom right corner. That dude's not smiling. He's scowling because he's mad because somebody said, hey, the colonel said we all got to take a picture today. Go stand over by the wall. Um, I'm working on a pretty good five o'clock shadow there. Um, I was probably having a bad day at work. Um, you know, had a bad haircut. That's every day. But um,
1: did they take that picture in the middle of boot camp? I mean, you, you're looking. Uh...
2: <laughs> they don't make majors in boot camp, but um no, I, I mean, uh, yeah, the other thing is, again, dress for the job you want. Nobody's, nobody's hiring Marines to be Marines. Um, mm,
0: that's so, true.
2: Yeah, that, that headshot did not last long. It has now gone the way of the dodo. But I dredged it up for this class just to show you what not to do. All right. Um, I talked about the auto-populated about section, and I, it didn't take me long to find a good example um, so this is what, if you click auto-populate for your About section, this is what it's going to look like. And if you look at three or four of them, you'll see it's like a Mad Lib. If anybody, uh, anyone's old enough to remember those, you just kind of mm-hmm. fill in words, and there's, there's a rubric for, the, uh, uh, for the, the About section. So it's going to say, yours will say, experienced something with a demonstrated history of working in the something industry, skilled in, skill one, two, and three, strong something, just it's it's one matrix for everybody um and if you see three or four of them you will realize any hiring manager looks at this and says that this is not a person that's taking care of their linkedin profile okay that's what you want to avoid okay once you get those so those five elements are the all-star profile once you get those five that's enough that someone's going to look at you and say this is probably not a stalker um if you get these further elements, this is where you start really classing it up a bit. So the banner pick, um, the banner pick that they give you on LinkedIn, it's just like a couple of Picasso shapes in some awful like t- tan and cream colors, looks terrible. Go find a picture. It should either be like you performing, like that one I used at the start of me giving a speech, that would probably work all right. Um, Look up a picture on Canva on the internet, uh, something that's on brand that deals with your industry. When yeah, I was, I, was down... about to,
1: I, I was about to say, I, I use Canva for all the branding for the How to Get in a Legendary Shop podcast. And you can actually get a free account and you you can add, like, for example, if you check out my LinkedIn profile, all I did was pull in, I, within the image tab of Canva, I, I think I pulled in a LinkedIn banner template swapped out the image for something that is like analytics themed and then wrote out the, the, the name just with a insert text. So, I mean, you can make it really, really polished looking for very low effort. It's, I mean, Canva is literally just point and click.
2: Yeah. The super high res photos, you can go on there and search business LinkedIn picture and you're gonna get a hundred options for what you can put on your banner. You can also just go to Google and Google LinkedIn banner picture And all sorts of neat ones will come up. You you might wind up with the same one as like 10 other people, but who knows if you run into them. Okay, so some things that people might not uh, realize, your location for hiring cues from the zip code that you punch in. You can put in any zip code you want. So you guys are going to college in Greensboro. If you don't intend to settle and work in Greensboro, if your family's all in Charlotte and that's where you want to go work, put a zip code for Charlotte. The reason you want to do that is recruiters are gonna key on a geolocation. Um, so if you wanna go work for Wells Fargo and be at their headquarters, um, put a zip code for Charlotte and you're gonna get targeted by Charlotte recruiters um, who then will ask you, hey, are you in the, in the area? And then your featured section is kind of the, the cherry on top. Um, you wanna to put special content there, something that you're most proud of. When you start posting or you start writing articles, if you write a blog article for Medium, you should link that and put it in your featured section. If you have scholarly papers that you've written for school that are on brand where you wanna work, uh, you can post those there. If you have a GitHub that you're, that you're proud of, you have projects that you've done, some sort of code, put that on there. Just make sure that that's on brand and that's something that, that shows what you intend to do for work.
1: Right, we, we also added um, along the lines of GitHub and projects, every one of the, the students in my class actually has their Tableau public portfolio in that link. So that is a fantastic piece of content to put there because it shows that you have the skills and you've applied the skills to build out, you know, specific projects. We're going to take a quick pause from the episode so that I can give you some more information about our career services program. Over the last four years, I have developed a very effective approach to teaching the foundations of analytics. And I've taken that same curriculum from my case studies and business analytics class at Greensboro College and turned it into a career services program. So if you've ever thought to yourself as you're listening to this podcast, man, John David students are really lucky. You can have a very similar experience to them. Just check the link in the description down below. My career services program offers you an analytics foundations curriculum. So this will shore up any gaps in knowledge that you might have in landing either a promotion or maybe even your very first analytics job. And then you get to work one-on-one with me to help build your personal brand. So we will look at your resume and also help you develop a customized portfolio. All right, let's get back to the episode.
2: Yeah, and if you have a a variety is good too. If you got something that has a picture linked in it, um, a lot of people put their resume on there. I have my resume on there now. Um, Opinions differ on that, but um, yeah, I I don't know what the max is you can have on featured, but you can see three on the screen. So yeah, whatever you like the best, put on those three visible ones uh, and then work down from there. Okay. So example of a bad uh, headshot and banner pick combo. This was off of my phone. So that's why it's a little grainy. Um, But I mean, who can see what's wrong with this? It's all noisy, right? It's trees on Mm, trees. Right. The the headshot was in my backyard here in North Carolina. And then the the banner is my happy place. It's a park in Virginia where I did a lot of trail running. But, um, you know, it's just like a crap ton of trees. For one, it's kind of angry and busy looking. The other thing is it's not on brand. I'm not gonna be like a park ranger or anything like that. So uh, why would I put trees in every picture space I can find? Much better to have something that says this guy's an analyst. So that uh, that was there for a while and now it's gone. Okay, so going down to networking. Um, so w- when we were looking for the, uh, the hashtag for show us your data and we were looking for different ideas for or uh, competitions or, or some kind of theme that we could use through the holidays for the site. Um, we were brainstorming and I said, well, what's the, what's the school mascot for Greensboro? Um, and he said, the Lions. And so I, I kind of laughed because Lion is um, a derogatory term in, in some cases on LinkedIn uh, because it stands for LinkedIn Open Networker. And it's people that just like line up hundred candidates and click connect on every single one um, and so nothing's targeted. There's no engagement. That's not a productive network, okay? So what I want you guys to do is targeted network and, and then you have, or targeted networking, and then you will have an engaged network of people that are, that are out there working for you and, and thinking of you when it comes for job referrals, okay? Um, obviously, when you first hop on LinkedIn, you guys have all experienced this. You start out with kind of the friends and family circle it's not likely to be terribly productive for you. Your your immediate friends already know who you are and what you do, um, and they don't need to connect with you on LinkedIn um, to you know to refer you for a job. They they know what you do, um, but you can start branching out from there. You have a natural network with Greensboro College, um, so you, you can continue on. Um, you can use the search function, and I can demo that. It's going to eat up a little time right now, so we'll, we'll skip it for now. But You just look for alumni in your chosen field. If you go into more options on the search function, um, if you're looking for data analysts, and it will say, um, you know, what school did they go to? Punch in Greensboro College, and you're going to find the data analysts that graduated from your school. Now you have a ready-made kind of in or connection with those people, and and you say, hey, I see that you're out there succeeding in my chosen field. Both went to the same school. Let's connect. Um, And they're likely to connect with you. If you find influencers who can help you, the best bet is to follow them initially. You can fire them a connection request right off the bat, um, but if they're busy and they have a ton of connections, they may just ignore it, and then you're just kind of stuck in limbo. Best bet is to follow them, connect with people who interact with them, and then you're going to engage with them, which we'll talk about in a minute. All right. So I always thought it was corny to say to be interesting, be interested. took me 44 years on this earth to find the, the truth in that. And where I found it was on LinkedIn. Um, and, and so now I actually enjoy engaging with people and finding out about their stories um, and because they're interesting, but also because then um, we have a better connection and then they're interested in me. Um, so, I mean, this nowhere is this more true than on LinkedIn. If you engage with people and you ask about them, you connect with them on their level, uh, they're going to be productive for you. I recommend anytime you send out a connection uh, that you send them a request. Now, this functions two different ways, depending on if you're on the, uh, the desktop or the mobile app. On the desktop app, you click connect. And it's going to ask you if you want to send a note with it. On the mobile, it's a, li- a bit less forgiving. You have to go into more options and say uh, send, in, send a note with the invite. Okay? Um, But the three things that you wanna be with the connection request, especially when you're requesting from someone who's busy, who has a ton of connections, obviously successful, is you wanna be polite, engaging, and humble. So here's an example of a request that I would send to somebody. You get a polite greeting, you get a polite closing. Hello, hi, good morning, best regards, sincerely, et cetera, et cetera. And then the most important part is a personal engagement and the humble request. Um, So personal engagement, go to where they live Find out what they care about. Presumably, it's the same thing you care about because you're looking for your people. Um, and so this guy, hey, saw your post on machine learning, uh, read your article. I, I agree with this part. I disagree with this part. You could have done this out of the other. Um, then who I am, why I'm interested in you. Okay, That personal engagement, when they see that message, uh, is going to probably be the difference between uh, accept and ignore when they click on your request. Okay, And then humble. I always say that I want a chance to join their professional network. Um, There's kind of an instinct once somebody becomes an influencer that has 10,000 connections, you think that they're the cool kid on LinkedIn and it doesn't matter. If you're asking for a connection, you're asking to join someone else's tribe and you want to be a part of their network. Um, So it's always best to be humble. Sometimes that makes for some kind of funny exchanges, but um, best to kind of put Put the ball in their court and give them the power so when your connection requests when you get a bunch of them they kind of pop up like this i'm sure you guys have seen this but you got to ask yourself which one do you want to accept of the six that are on screen only one sent a message and you can see even without clicking show more that message uh he, he actually went and saw the last interview i did for the channel um, and found it interesting I it's still a picture so i can't click show more but he liked something about uh, what I'm putting out there on the internet. Um, so I'm definitely going to accept that guy's connection. Then you scroll down, uh, you've got 31 mutual connections with this dude. He didn't send a message, but definitely want to connect with that person. Um, so, so right off the bat, you see the one that catches your eye, not only does it have a message, but look at the headshot. He's smiling. He's in a, a decent outfit. It's a, it's a proper headshot. This is a person that has a good profile that, that seriously wants to engage. All right. So when you send your stuff out, that's how you want it to look. And then follow-ups always great. Um, always follow up with a thank you message. Don't pitch them anything right off the bat. Even if you want to sell something, wait until you've uh, you've engaged with them a little bit. Um, big one is number three. Set aside dedicated time to network and to cultivate your network. So once you've got them as a connection, it's not dead. You want to keep talking to them. So, and this right here, if, if you fall asleep through any of the rest of it, this is the secret sauce right here, content creation and engagement. Um, and if you're not super confident with putting stuff out there, there's a way to crawl, walk, run that makes it super easy. Okay. So crawl phase, you're just going to start with comments. Just go onto someone else's content, preferably somebody that has a ton of connections. That way your comments are going to get seen by more people and just engage thoughtfully um, whatever they post, find some original content. Don't, don't go on, you know, if they're posting like a meme with a caption, don't, don't bother with that. But if they're putting something out there, that's their thoughts and their words and their writing, um, read it, think about it, engage thoughtfully, um, you know, in, engage with them on their level. And then other people are going to see that. Then when they start talking to you, your thoughts are going to get broadcast to their whole network. And that's a plus for you. Okay. Going into the walk phase, you're going to start posting original content. And I'll show you one example coming up of how that's, that's easy. Your, your story is interesting. Trust me. Post every day if you can. Um, even if it's something simple, every once in a while you're not creative, got it. Post a meme with a comment. It's fine. Um, post a link to something. And there's, there's a trick to that. <clears throat> Space out your text. If you're doing a lot of text, um, the, this is kind of derogatorily called broetry. Um, but it draws the eyes down the page. It uh, makes it easier to read you see that out there. You gotta catch people's attention with that first three to five lines. And I know that John David is a former salesman, uh, knows that you gotta have that, that pitch right off the bat. The three to five lines, depending on if you have uh, media or not, is your bid for success. They've gotta click see more before they're gonna engage on your post. okay? So if you've got media attached, whether it be a photo, a video, or a link, you've got three lines. Catch their attention, get them to click see more. If you don't, if it's all text, you've got five lines uh, to do it, and that includes spaces. Okay, and then the run phase where you start making your own videos, like John David, and uh, and really putting yourself out there on brand. Okay, these are examples. This is the guy that that uh, that taught me, um, and and these are three consecutive examples of pure text posts that he made. You see the engagement there. Um, he's got, you can't see the views because they're that's. Uh, native to him, but it's probably 10,000 views minimum on each of these posts. He's got three, 400 engagements on each post, and this is just him talking about you know, New Year's resolutions, about how you should dress for a virtual interview, um, and just about posting original content. Um, he's got something like 30,000 followers. I recommend you guys follow him. Um, he, he is full of good information. He's actually commoditized a lot of the, um, the information that he taught us. So if you want, you can shell out cash and learn all of the stuff he teaches, uh, but but he charges if you're not a veteran. Okay. Okay, so we already did the do's, the do nots. Don't be afraid. It's not Twitter. People aren't gonna like crush your hopes and dreams. Um, And if they do, they generally get shouted down pretty quick. Okay, don't post more than once a day. I'll show you an example of why that's a bad idea. Don't share posts. That option is on there. you will not get full rotation on that. Nobody will see it. Okay. And in the body of your post, you don't want to link to off LinkedIn platforms. All these things relate to the algorithm and what it rewards and what it punishes. Okay. Certain certain content is rewarded. Certain content is punished. Um, but it's kind of an egalitarian platform. LinkedIn does not want the, the top influencers, the Kardashians and whatnot, to dominate LinkedIn. They want it to be kind of and every person uh, platform and everybody to get one thought out there a day and for all of them to get equal run based on their merits. Right.
1: Wait, can I pause you? Um, can we go back to that slide? What is, um, can you break down point three? So I'm learning something new here, actually. what What's wrong with sharing posts? Because i will all rewards, often-
2: Go ahead. LinkedIn rewards original content above all things. Um, okay. And so- Going going way deeper in, LinkedIn is a content-poor platform. It's not um, Instagram where everybody's just spewing their, their lives out for everyone to see. It's not Facebook where everybody's lives are perfect, their dinner is amazing, and all that stuff. Everybody on those platforms is putting their stuff out on full view. LinkedIn is a content-poor platform. Uh, the vast majority of LinkedIn users don't post. And if they do post, it's not original, or it's, hey, hey look at my latest Coursera certificate um, or or something like that Um, original thoughts original content are rewarded by the algorithm above all things
1: wow that's really encouraging
2: I'll I'll actually show you an example of uh, some some posts that we did that you know succeeded and failed based on that
1: Um, I'm I'm here for it
2: (laughs) okay so here's a quick example of something that any of you guys can post okay this is a connection I made a couple of months ago this is Kathleen uh, she, at the time, she was a senior at The Ohio State University, and uh, now she, she recently graduated just last month. Okay? This content right here is nothing earth shattering. Okay? It's approachable, it's engaging, it's understandable, and it's on brand. Um, and she's just talking about being in her first hackathon. She put a picture on there, so the picture catches the eye. You, you read what she said, you want to know what she's talking about. Um, any one of you guys, some of you have probably done hackathons. Um, how hard is it to get someone to take a picture of you afterwards and, and talk about your experience? That's not terribly difficult. You can talk about the projects that, that uh, John David makes you do.
1: Yeah, we actually participated in a, in a hackathon last semester, right. and I think we actually beat out what Duke and Chapel Hill. Strong. Uh, yeah. So I mean, that that's that's some bragging rights right there.
2: Absolutely. But. Um, yeah, it's just it can be everyman stuff like i said original content that's relatable we'll, i'm not gonna say it's going viral but uh we'll definitely get some engagement this was her first post um and since then if if you go and follow her um or, or connect with her um she's posting about books she's reading about her job search about everyday stuff just her thoughts on life um so really it's just you're interesting almost just by virtue of the fact that you'll put your thoughts on the internet um, in a professional form. So, and I got her permission to, to post that. Okay, um, emotional bid, we kind of already talked about that. Um, the first three lines, obviously, I hooked a picture on this one. These are two, two clips of the same post. Um, but basically, I almost goaded the audience into opening the post with a bunch of stupid emojis and <laughs> like, hey, I bet nobody will read this, essentially, what I'm saying. Um, so, I mean, you can see that 6,000 people uh, looked at it and it got 150 engagements, which you know, that, that was wow. pretty staggering for me two months yeah. ago. Yeah. Um, you know, and this, I'm not talking about anything that you guys probably aren't doing. I'm just talking about the stuff I'm studying and the, the websites I go to. Um, and then I threw a bunch of goofy emojis in there and people. <laughs> it. So. OK, here's the example don't share posts. Um, this, this was all me. Um, Gilbert Eichlenboom, who I love, uh, posted this funny cartoon um, and I shared his post originally. 274 views and 10 engagements. Don't be fooled by that. The three comments were just me and Gilbert uh, talking back and forth. Um, so really got seven, seven engagements. I probably, I didn't like it, but he probably liked it. So essentially six engagements. All right. When I screenshotted the same cartoon, and then posted it with some, some talkie, uh, which I didn't have on the first post, um, and then gave him credit, which you should do if you're kind of taking something from somebody else. Uh, look at the difference, 700 views, 15 engagements, probably only one of which was, was him that time. Um, no, no comments, but you know, obviously the views, just the, the amount of rotation that the algorithm gave it uh, was staggering compared to the previous post. And then don't post twice in one day. Okay, so this was, uh, I think last week, John David and I were not quite on the same page with the, uh, with the website posting. So in the morning, posted a, uh, a Ken G, like kind of highlight his YouTube channel. This is something you should be following. Um, so you can see 2,300 views, 30 engagements, click through rate was 7.2%. That's the rate of people clicking to see more. Um, second post, um, we were playing around with videos and John David uploaded one. 359 views, which videos are counted a little different. So that's slightly misleading, but 21 engagements and click through of 2.2%.
1: You wanna hear something uh, to like double incriminate myself here?
2: Sure.
1: I shared that post two days later. <laughs> so I, I'm, I'm actually guilty of making these um, LinkedIn sins myself.
2: Oh yeah. Learning's occurring all over the place. Yeah. Okay. And then again, we, we made the same mistake a couple of days later, uh, posted twice in one day. So this one, I just did like the highlights. This wasn't even any new information. I was just saying, hey, here's the YouTube channels that I told you to follow over the past week. Almost 5,000 views, 84 engagements, 7.3% click-through. Okay, keep in mind, this is a site called How to Get an Analytics Job. This is a job posting. 856 views, six engagements, 3.5% click-through. That's a job that is available for people looking at this site that should have got way more traffic. Why didn't it? Because there were two posts in the same day.
1: Right. We, we, so once we the just second one job posts, job the they both
2: get crushed, but the second one twice as bad as the first, because the first one got run all by itself for a while. Mm. All right. So we're going to motor through personal branding. I don't have that much on this anyway, because I'm this is the one where I'm still very much a work in progress. You want to direct all your content on linkedin but really across all social media towards your brand and your professional goal okay so just going real quick your, your personal brand is your public reputation what does public reputation mean now we're not all down on the public square debating politics in person we're doing that on the internet especially in the age of covid right so your reputation exists mostly on the internet most of us the majority of that is social media Uh, because that's where we do the most of our interpersonal engagement. You will likely never meet most of your social contacts in person. That is far more more true on LinkedIn than on any other platform, because you're out there engaging with people that you presumably never met and maybe never will. So what that means is your personal brand is primarily the opinion of people you're never going to meet. And the only impression they have of you is the content that you put largely on social media. Uh, And in in emails and whatever other supplementary supplementary stuff you have. So if that doesn't make you think twice about you guys post some goofy stuff on uh, TikTok or or Twitter or Snapchat, um, yeah, probably start looking at that. Um, But, you know, LinkedIn, it goes double for LinkedIn because it is a professional network. People that you want to work for and get jobs from are out there looking at you. Um, So make sure all of your content is on brand. What you got to think about is who are you now and who do you want to be? Um, That's why if you look at my headline, it doesn't say United States Marine anymore. It doesn't say executive officer or any of the titles that I had in there once upon a time. It now says Marine veteran, which generates some questions because I'm still in. Um, But What I decided recently was, hey, I'm going to put out there who I want to be. Um, Not that I necessarily have this great desire to stop being a Marine. but the person that I'm advertising professionally is a Marine veteran. And if they wanna ask me, hey, are you still technically in service? Yes, I am. Okay. Um, so for you guys, I would not list student on my headline or as my profession. Um, what are you gonna be once you graduate? Now, some of this may feel dishonest to you, uh, and I get that. However, what I would say to that is you guys are not going out to be doctors um, or I don't know if anyone here is an accountant but you know, you probably don't want to say I am an accountant if you don't have your CPA exam done. But you're not saying I'm a doctor two years short of your medical degree. Um, if, if you're saying I'm a data analyst, that's a true statement. You have analyzed data, um, and in a you know working for John David in a more or less professional context, I mean, he's bringing business data analysis to you guys and making you do it. So if your goal is to be a data analyst, congratulations, you're a data analyst. You're just missing a, a parchment of your bachelor's degree, okay? Um, no, nobody's hiring students. Nobody's hiring Marines to be Marines, okay? That, that hiring manager, even before your graduation, they're hiring a data analyst. They're hiring a business manager. They're hiring shift supervisor, whatever you're gonna be, okay? Your about section should take up the bulk of your kind of creative work on LinkedIn. That needs to define your brand in words. It needs to be backed up by a banner picture that's on brand And really your whole profile from top to bottom needs to be on brand. Once you do an internship, if you worked at Mickey D's in high school, I would take that off there. Um, Your work experience is your internship that leads to that that job that you're looking for. So this is one of my favorites. Um, I have watched this video on YouTube probably a hundred times. I've watched the 30 for 30 special probably five or six times, Um, but this encompasses personal branding for me. Um, Put yourself into the vessel of the of what you intend to be. That that job that you're going to get, that's who you are as of right now. Um, and just make your LinkedIn profile look like that, okay? This is a post I put out, uh, I think it was like two weeks ago now, but just kind of me first thing in the morning, uh, scratching some markers on, on a whiteboard. Basically what it says is this deals with imposter syndrome, which is a huge thing in the data community. Um, on the far right side, that red zone is what red zones usually are, stuff you don't wanna talk about, just just leave it alone, okay? That's for Twitter, Facebook if you so choose, or, or what have you. Purple zone in the middle, those are the personal things about you that you can share on, uh, on LinkedIn. So hobbies, I talk about, you know, being a long suffering Cleveland Browns fan, um, just, you know, things that my kids are doing. I try to relate them to a business context um, so that it's applicable to LinkedIn, but sometimes it's just personal. Um, And then that blue side on the left, that's what Bruce Lee was talking about. Who do you plan to be? What is the shape of that vessel uh, that's going to accept the water? Where are you lacking right this moment um, that that is the person that is part of your professional brand? Okay. If you're upscaling right now, that thing that you're working on is part of your professional brand. The fact that you don't have a certificate to back it up just yet is relatively unimportant. Advertise that as part of who you are. All right, and then with this, uh, it's not really a recap. I just wanted to to express that these four kind of steps, if you will, areas, they're not consecutive. They're more concurrent than anything. First, you should complete your profile if it's not already completed. I think you guys are mostly uh, pretty much good on that, but that is never ending, okay? Uh, Targeted networking is kind of your next thing. Build up a a bit of an audience. Your goal is 500 productive connections. Um, Then it just says 500 plus. Up top on your profile and you look like a, a LinkedIn cool guy or girl. Um, then going down, start daily original content creation. If that starts with comments, awesome. If that starts with memes and a caption and kind of a, a relation to a professional context, that's good too. Eventually you'll get to where you're comfortable writing stuff and, and being a content creator. Uh, and then once you're kind of through all of those things and doing those consistently, make sure they all aligned with your personal branding strategy four of these are ever-evolving, ever-changing, they are moving targets. None of these steps is ever finished. I have work to do on my profile, um, and, and you know, like anything else, once it's kind of good, all you see are the cracks and the walls. So that's what I have prepared for you guys. And, uh, now that we have 17 minutes to go, uh, ready for questions.
1: Yeah, well, okay, so before we get into questions, let's do the the resume the linkedin makeover for ben here um and yeah let me share my screen and i guess before we even move into that this was the image that we were talking about um i took this in my co-working space so al you're saying that this is somewhat busy but it's it's in focus the background's blurred it's a professional shot right yep okay
2: um the i think that's good the banner picture yeah i wouldn't have it be a group shot um, okay. is that is that like an honorary society christina or is that your
1: it was like the top 10
2: yeah thing, something like um, that <laughs> so so just tying back to that last point your your headshot is 100 percent on brand your banner is not because that that says student so, right. yeah, I would, it's not, no, no problem yet. But before you start going out there looking for jobs, I would find a picture that that doesn't scream student. It says right. professional.
1: <laughs> right. Oh, and well, I, want, thank you. I wanted to prickly, quickly bring up Canva. So, if you head over to Canva, you can actually select, where is it? Photos right here. And I mean, these are super high quality um, shots here. And they're, there's so many here that it's unique. So I think that you're not gonna run into the redundancy issue, but all right, now let's get on. I was was
2: wondering if mine was gonna come up. (laughs) For sure that's where I got it. All
1: right, perfect. Cool, I feel like we're covering so much ground. Al, that that was amazing, first of all. So let's now move into, all right, this is Ben's LinkedIn profile. You can see it, right? Yep. So what are your thoughts?
2: Okay, so obviously the the banner picture mm-hmm. uh, that says college. Um, right. Ben, what do you um, right there? You're going to be a business analyst. That's your goal? Uh, yes.
3: yes Okay. yes.
2: Yeah, I would probably the the headshot. I would probably go you know a bit more. that's that's pretty casual. I would go more business casual. The, the brick background is is kind of nice. I wouldn't have it in front of a brick building. Um, mm-hmm. Just keep in mind the, the trees on trees um but yeah just uh some 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 picture that says business analyst um for for the banner and um you know like a a coat and tie maybe not or maybe not a tie but you know a collared shirt and coat that's what i would go with for um you know you probably want to go a little little high on the uh, on the formality with the outfit um okay yeah i wouldn't put um i don't know that athlete is going to help you obviously i would take student out of the headline um but yeah i don't think nobody's hiring uh, a ball player just um unless you're getting drafted in which case they're probably not looking at your linkedin profile anyway so um yeah definitely i would take whether or not you want to leave student in there is on you um but but i would take athlete out of there because it just it doesn't add anything the other thing is there's um there's a difference to, between the headline that you put in. Uh, you can actually get more space, I believe, if you put in your headline on the mobile app, um, strangely enough. Okay. Um, and there's, there's weird things like that, like the connection request um, that differs between the mobile app and the desktop. I don't know why they did that. But I think if you go on the mobile app, you can fit more stuff you know, in on your headline. Um, and, and I would just, I would put some hard skills in there, uh, you know, Tableau. Uh, Python, whatever, whatever you're working on, whatever you feel comfortable advertising. Um, mm-hmm. but then when you start looking for jobs, start looking for what they want. Um, and as you're working on it, just put that on there. Yep. I've, I've got a basic comprehension of R, um, while you're working on getting better at R. Okay.
3: Um,
2: DC is where you want to work? Yeah.
3: Yeah.
2: Okay. Awesome. That's good.
1: Um, so what do you think about number of connections?
2: So, I mean, your your goal should just be. So, if you guys don't know, once you get 500, it just says 500 plus there. Right. Um, and then if somebody wants to know your actual number, they have to scroll down by like uh, your content section. It says a number of followers. Right, it says it right um, here. Which obviously for you is the same. Mm-hmm. Um, but once you hit 500, it just says 500 plus up top, and that just kind of adds to your your LinkedIn cool guy ash because then it's just okay this is someone that that has been networking um obviously I know you have been you know 422 is not a small number um mm-hmm. but you know when you start doing like focused networking on LinkedIn um you're going to break 500 pretty quick and that's just sort of the cutoff I think that's why they did that um so that it's not you know people aren't kind of Measuring, I'm gonna try not to say four letter words, but people aren't (laughs) like measuring themselves by their numbers up top. Um, You can look at that top section and it just says, hey, 500 plus this person is more or less serious about their presence on LinkedIn.
1: Yeah, I would say the 500 plus makes you seem like established on the platform.
2: But it's it's one of those kind of secondary things. It's like like the banner picture. If you don't have a banner picture, you just kind of look like a LinkedIn amateur, Mm -hmm. Um, so. You just want it all to kind of look pretty and professional. All
1: right. So now let's go into the about and the featured.
2: Yep. So like I said, about has got to be on brand. Um, they're, they're not hiring you to be a student athlete. Um, mm-hmm. It might be a bonus if you can play for the, uh, you know, the, the company softball team. But um, yeah, um, I, I would start taking out the student language there. Okay. Um, that's all you got. Okay. Um, I would put in kind of more personal stuff. If you look at mine right now, it's it's a bit poetic. Um, I started playing around with it. It's very kind of uh, soft and wishy-washy. It's it's all sort of hopes and dreams and, and why I love analytics and that sort of thing. I'm going to tone that back a little bit. Um, and also I bumped the word count because I wrote something that was like twice as long as the allowable, um, yeah. The, yeah. There's some jokes like in there. There's some kind of personal stuff. Um, I don't recommend you go that um, kind of wishy-washy with it. Uh, I I don't know that that's 100% effective. I have people saying it's wonderful. I have people saying it's garbage. Um, I'm going to tweak it again here pretty soon. But for you, I would put a little more sort of personal touch on it. Um, Something that people can can engage with um, and sort of get get a more well-rounded view of you other than you go to Greensboro and you play ball. Got
3: it.
1: What are your thoughts on the featured section
2: um okay yeah the tableau i remember from the video looks good mm-hmm. um He's got the what resume. else do you have in your tableau public yeah, let's click on it
3: um yeah i have i guess i think like six visualizations
1: oh wow that's a hundred percent more than was required for the class so um Richie, for Richie. yeah our sem- our last semester um the one of their one of their final grades was a portfolio and and i graded them on three different points and they had to have at least three visualizations.
2: Yeah. So, oh, yep. Yeah, good. I mean, just at a glance, I like that manufacturing one. If there's a way you could link directly to that, I think just in in thumbnail view, that one's probably the most impressive or that that sales data is uh, um, that that one's pretty neat, too. I don't know which one had the most intellectual rigor that went into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if you defaulted to the uh, the baseball one because it's it's baseball. But uh, yeah, I would go to the one that's kind of the most visually engaging as you're scrolling down the LinkedIn profile, which I think is that manufacturing one.
3: Okay. And do you suggest that I just do one or could I put multiple?
2: You you could probably put multiple. I wouldn't put them side by side because um, okay. you want kind of some variety there. So if you want to put your resume there, um, if you want to put your favorite post second mm-hmm. and then you know, just, just some, some kind of visual variety, something to catch the eye uh, sure. as they're coming down the page. Awesome. Okay. Um, are you not posting much? I haven't, I didn't really take a look at that part.
3: Uh, no, I mean, I've made a few posts, but not, not a ton at all. Definitely not. Okay. Anything.
2: What's uh just, John David, could you just click to posts? Oh, those the look post. Like they're mostly, yeah, no, no worries. To post here okay okay yeah none for three months so that'll cause the the activity section to just blank out um mm-hmm. i don't know what the what the cutoff is if you don't post for a month or or something but um yeah you don't want the the activity section if, if it's blank that's kind of glaring um so i would get on there and just like i said just put some comments on some people's stuff go go look for Business analytics influencers. Um, if you want to go, uh, uh, Alex Freyberg engages pretty freely on LinkedIn. Um, if you go to uh, Nicholas Lothorpe or, you know, basically anybody, if you if you click on them, they're in business analytics and they've got, you know, 10, 20, followers. Um, just watch for the next post and put a comment on it, um, and then you'll have some content out there. Um, gotcha. Yeah, so a lot of times when people will like those connections, the guys that uh, ask to connect with me, and if we've only got one uh, connection in common, I'll go into their profile and look at their activity and see if they're if it's someone that's going to be value added for me to follow. Because um, we don't have a lot of connections, they're not you know they're they're in India or Indonesia or wherever, um, probably not going to meet up. They're probably not going to give me a job referral. At least I want to see like, hey, is this person putting something interesting out there that's going to be value added that um th- that i can read um and if the answer is no then that's another kind of strike that hey maybe maybe i'm not interested in connecting with this person okay so if you scroll down to the activity and there's just something there of of interest beyond just likes and and great posts and agree 100 emoji um, you know that's that's another kind of plus in your favor on, on your profile page cool. all right experience silvertone like it <laughs> okay. Good. Uh, good metrics. Um, good. Good accomplishments.
1: Right, and there, there there's also so the, my students are privileged in that if you're working as an analyst, they're not going to let you take a screenshot of private information. But I mean, this is part of gotcha. the, part of my brand. So I mean, that's a little bit like it's clearly showing a difference in the in the two two curves here. Yep. Um, so. But that being said, if you did like a volunteer project, then they might be open to you showing that, especially if it's marketing facing
2: analytics. Yeah, I like the fact that you've got it linked on there. Um, yeah, good good accomplishments, analytics practicums. There are no, no measurables on that one.
1: Uh, what for? Marketing
2: results. Yeah, good. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Awesome. 300%. Um, maybe see if you can get that. Kind of massage that up above the click there, um, yeah. So someone would- can just scroll through and see the numbers like it like mm-hmm. it is on the first entry. But yeah, you'd like it.
1: Awesome. So okay, we've got five minutes before the students are officially let out of class. Um, I guess let's get to at least one question. So here we can stop sharing. So uh, I guess what we're going to do moving f- forward, since since we're bumping up, usually we're going to have an hour and a half for these, yep. but this is since the first 30 minutes were um, just kind of getting set up. So I guess let's take one, at least one question from the students and then they can, they can log off if they want and go about their day. And then you and I can talk about the questions that came from LinkedIn.
3: Sounds
1: good. So, okay. Zane, what was your question?
3: Well, I, uh, um, I mean, I think it, my question was, you know, how selective should we be on our network? Um, but, but I think you kind of covered that a little bit. And, and I kind of have a little bit of a different question, which is, you know, when you graduate and you're trying to maybe branch into a new region, like, you know, not where you went to school or where you're from, like, how do you start making those connections into places you, you know, really don't, you know, know a ton of people you visited, you know, you may want to live there, but, you know, how do you kind of get that in?
2: So, are you are you talking about going somewhere where there's no uh, fellow alumni? Well, like
3: like specifically for myself, I mean, like I know I really want to live in Colorado, but I okay. grew up in Phoenix. You know, go to school in North Carolina. Uh, you know, don't really know. I mean, I'm sure there are some Greensboro College alumni that live in Colorado. Yeah, probably
2: probably not many, and probably not enough to give you a good selection. Right. Um, yeah, I would just, um, I mean, you can, you can link up with anybody on any common trait. Um, when you go into, you go into the LinkedIn search function, mm-hmm. um, you don't have to look for all night of the same school. Um, you can look for, if, do you have a target company? Like, are you uh, not big tech? No, I mean, like,
3: I mean, like I'm, you know, I'm a golfer, so I'm really into golf. So if I can stay in the golf industry, great
2: kind of thing. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can go you can search by current company. You can search by uh, previous company. Anybody that's ever worked for, you know, Nike Golf, um, that that happens to currently be in Colorado, um, or you can list as many companies as you want and have that be your search parameter. Um, and, and so, anybody that's worked for Titleist or Ping or or any of these companies, um, you know, and then is currently living in your geolocation where you plan to, to live and work. Um, just, just start hitting them up. And that's, that's a common thread. All you have to do is find kind of anything to connect on, um, even if you can kind of have a go-to joke um, that's, you know, hopefully not off color or, or weird, but um, just, just some humorous thing you can, you know, back on your name or, or you know, any, anything you can think of to just sort of get an in, just, just to pique their interest. Because um, really, connection is not, it's not a heavy investment. Right. Um, and like I said, if your profile looks OK, then you're not coming off as a as a stalker or Bitcoin salesman. So, you know, there's nothing really much to be lost by connecting. With you. Okay. Um, so if you can just get something to catch their interest and, and hopefully make them laugh or make them interested in you. I'll probably accept. OK, thank you. Awesome. I have a question. Oh, yeah.
3: Um, you didn't talk about. Um, LinkedIn's premium, like how you can pay? Is that something that we should just actually, like we should pay for it or you don't really need it?
2: So I've gotten used to it because they give it free for a year to transitioning service members. Um, it's, it's awesome, if especially if you want to really uh, nerd out on, it'll show you everybody that looks at your profile um, ever which if you don't pay, you get kind of a very limited window and it'll show a certain percentage of the people that look. Um, it, you get all the LinkedIn learning, which is a ton of good classes on there. And, and if you want, it's kind of like, I don't want to insult it, but it's it's a bit like a Wikipedia version of like just the ocean of information that's available on like Udemy or Udacity. Just you go on a LinkedIn learning class, maybe it's a half hour, it's an hour, you sit through it and you're like, okay, I've got a wave top knowledge of topic X. Um, That's a great tool. Um, There's all sorts of analytics and and you can see graphs and trends of of, uh, how you're doing. And, um, you know, you get your social selling index, which is kind of neat to look at. So there's a whole lot of sort of in-depth stuff that's available to you on premium. If I was coming out of pocket for it, I don't know if I'd pay for it. Um, And as a recent or soon to be college graduate, I don't know that it's worth it uh for you to invest in that um it's i think it's 25 bucks a month for the, the the most basic level and i'm sure there's multiple levels everybody's trying to upsell now so um yeah i i don't know what i would do is i would kind of like most things use the free version get to where you're kind of capped out find out what's involved in the paid version that you really want uh and then make a business decision of you know is that worth 25 bucks a month okay
3: Thank you.
2: Of course, there's nothing earth shattering on there that's gonna like make or break you in getting a job. I, don't
1: know. I was gonna say, didn't someone have a question about getting a job? Ben, I think it was you. Are you having a hard time unmuting un- un- yourself?
3: Uh, no, I, I'm sorry, I was trying to pull up the chat. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. So the question, the main question is, is LinkedIn kind of the main um, site that you would use to find a job or to get a job?
2: It's, yeah, I I think so. Uh, I mean, I think it's, if it's not the number one place now, it's, it's getting there rapidly. Um, It's, I I am also on Glassdoor um, and about, I think, Um, but really the, the only ones that I use consistently are LinkedIn and Glassdoor. Um, but I, I use LinkedIn much more than, than Glassdoor. It seems like there's a whole lot more available on there. Um, and it's sort of one-stop shopping um, where it's got the job listings and all of the other LinkedIn stuff Whereas Glassdoor is just jobs.
1: Cool. I've okay. got a follow-up question on that. Um, I know that you can do like a, isn't it like a one-click apply for a job? What are your thoughts yes. on that?
2: So to me, that's a bit like the, the free Udemy courses um, where it's like, yeah, if there's a one-click apply for you, that means there's a one-click apply for the million people that are competing for that job. Um, and so what's gonna happen with that, that one-click apply is your resume is going to get run through a meat grinder of, um, of search engines. And if you don't have, we think about how many people are gonna do one-click on that, it costs nothing. There's, there's zero barrier to entry there other than you have a resume, or like an electronic form so or it just puts your your profile in there so that gets into super nerd level like you'd better have your profile and your resume search engine optimized to the max for a very specific job um, in order to be able to compete on that because then you just it's just a cattle call
1: yeah i was about to say i think that they're sending a signal into itself that you 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 don't need to take time to write a cover letter and op- optimize your resume to apply for this, it seems like they're just casting a very wide net, and I don't think that's a great job acquisition strategy. Yep. Just um, what do they call it? Spray and pray.
2: Absolutely. Um, which you know, the upside is, hey, if you're if you're going through and doing that, you can line up 100 jobs and quick apply to all 100, and then you're, you know, you've multiplied your chances of actually getting through on one. But again, every job's like. If it's quick apply and and they get a thousand applications, nobody's reading a thousand applications. They have an algorithm that's gonna pick the top 20, 50, or 100, and then a human is gonna read those. If that algorithm doesn't yield up your resume, you're toast. So if a thousand people apply and you're number 101, your resume is not getting read. If a million people apply and you're number 101, you've done awesome. Your resume is probably amazing, still not getting read. Because a human is gonna read 100 resumes. They're probably not even gonna read that many. They're probably gonna read 20. The rest are gonna get a a 10 second glance and then toss this
1: Awesome. So, do we have any other questions?
2: Sorry, I kept you guys a little late.
1: Yeah, I was about to say, um, students, you guys are free to go about your day. Um, Al, I do have two more questions coming from LinkedIn though. And uh, these are both coming from Molly Welsh. Um, so her question was, where do you draw your inspiration for your post or for posting?
2: Um, it's kind of all over the place. Um, I, I just take in kind of a lot of information in general. I mean, obviously, my day to day is pretty interesting. Leading Marines, you know, Marines do wacky stuff uh, all the time. And so there's there's ideas from that. I do post a lot of uh, kind of part of my brand is the tradition, the transitioning service member. Um, so a lot of my posts are relating to that, um, and a lot of it is just. If you go back, you'll see there was uh, one engagement with one of my lieutenants. He's getting out, and I made a bunch of recommendations to him. And I kind of crowdsourced like, "Hey, what did I miss?" Um, that thing got like hundred responses. Um, there's just so much stuff out there so just day-to-day occurrences are, are a big one um some of it's uh just just podcasts or or youtube videos that i watch or listen to um will do something um and a lot of times they're not not that analysis related um i you know i love sports and so i do some some sports metaphors um as my my two football teams were brutally eliminated over the last two weekends. Uh, I posted some about that. And uh, yeah, it's just kind of draw conclusions and and then just, you know, I've got far more kind of life experiences than, than you guys, but I mean, you saw what Kathleen put out there, just the life experiences of a college student and a college senior looking to go out in the job market are interesting. Um, you know, and what you guys lack in this, Decades of experience you you have in useful exuberance and enthusiasm, and and that's that's something that people want to see on LinkedIn. Um there, there's plenty of kind of old men like me. Um there's not as many young people that are out there kind of posting their thoughts on what it's like to go to school right now, especially with COVID. Um, what it's mm-hmm. like to be facing the job market. That's interesting. I'd read it.
1: Awesome. So, and then one last question here from LinkedIn. So this is from Molly again. She says, when it comes to interacting on LinkedIn, how much interaction do you do versus what is reciprocated? My experience has been about 50-50 and I'm eager to increase my engagement.
2: Okay. Um, Yeah, I kind of wish she was here to provide a bit of context for that. Um, Do you want to pull up? I think what she's talking about is the, the dreaded kind of tree that falls in the forest, uh, that, that post that just goes out there and gets nothing. Like mm. no, you know, one, one like from your best friend and, and, you know, maybe your mom, and then, uh, you know, no, no comments. That It's disheartening, um, happens to everybody. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, once you get a more, a larger and more engaged network, um, you'll get more. The, the kind of black magic of the LinkedIn algorithm is huge there. Because once you start posting daily original content, that algorithm starts picking you up and promoting your stuff over other people who are a bit more sporadic. Um, So that's another reason why that's the secret sauce. I mean, that that is the key to the castle right there. Just putting out something original every day. uh, And and you will just see all of those those cool looking line graphs just take (laughs) off in your favor Um, to include the. The more people see your content, assuming it's not like hot garbage, um, the more people are going to respond to it.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, I think you're getting more um, views on your LinkedIn profile than I am right now, which is awesome. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you're like under the how to get an analytics job umbrella. I right? am,
2: I am, am, yeah. Rising tide lifts all ships. <laughs> uh, it's, um, yeah, it's, I, I mean, you just, you've got so many things going on. LinkedIn is not, I mean, that's why I'm I'm running the LinkedIn page in the first place. Um, You know, you've got like eight different lines of operation going. So um, yeah, being able to take one off your plate and, um, you know, and and do some cool stuff with it is is really been a blessing.
1: Yeah. And and it's greatly appreciated because you have helped expand so much. I mean, I think you've what, tripled the amount of followers to the LinkedIn web page. Coming up on
2: 5X now. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I think we, we hit the quadruple level like a week ago.
1: Wow. Yeah. So I, I I didn't even give you enough credit. Well, okay. So Zane, Connor, Shay, and Christina, it's 10 minutes past the official end of class. I'm kind of curious about what is the biggest takeaway that you guys have gotten from this? Because, I mean, you're not no longer on the clock. You're here because you want to be here.
3: Okay, sir. Sure. Well, I mean, just, I mean, y- any extra information, you know, to, to, to pick up, um, you know, I've been mean, talking about all this personal branding stuff. I mean, I, I mean, talking about like, don't, don't really mention you're a student at this point, like that, yeah. you know, n- did not even cross my mind, yeah. you know, because uh, up until this point, I think, I mean, kind of the direction we had been pointed, um, uh, not by, you know, our professor here, but other professors, <laughs> I mean, you, you know, uh, have pointed us in that direction and, and kind of good to know that,
2: you know, pointed in the correct direction. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just, you know, make, make them dig for, uh, you know, for the gaps in your resume. Um, Don't, don't volunteer that, Um, you know, so make, make somebody start looking at your profile before they, before you give them a reason to stop. I think is it. And that's the reason why I put Marine Veteran on my headline, because I want recruiters to look at my profile. I want them to remember my name. I want them to be intrigued by what I've got on there. And then they go down to, oh, the, you know, says United States Marine Corps to present. Now they've got to come ask me. And and I've had this happen quite a bit lately since I changed that probably like a month ago. Um, I've got recruiters asking me like, hey, are you still in? Because we've got a job for you. Um, And so most of them, it's like, I am still in until this date. Let's connect. Um, when do you need that job filled? And so, you know that that's that's out there. That's happening, um, which is fantastic.
1: Wow, that that I feel like we just opened up a whole new can of worms that I was not planning on going down this direction. But you, because you're essentially in a very similar position as these students that are listening on this call, in that you're looking to get your first analytics job. How, how have you kind of spun the tables to, because when I think of people, because like, I get reached out by recruiters all the time and I'm not looking to get a full-time job. It, I think ever, uh, I was about to say anytime soon, but I don't, I don't think I'm ever going to get a, a job job. Um, how, how can you flip the table and actually have recruiters coming out to you for an entry level job or your, I mean, is it entry level? I guess it would, it would be your first analytics job.
2: Yeah, um, I think so. I have kind of a lot of uh, indicators and and value signals that you guys won't have. I mean, right there in the headline, you know, uh, compartmentalized information clearance. You guys can't get that. Um, so there's a lot of that's yeah, Shyla. Um, there's a lot of uh, I hope that plays well on the, uh, on the YouTube video. Um, so th- there's a lot of things like that that just come from a 20-plus year Marine Corps career that, that you can't replicate. Um, so yeah, sorry, I'm trying not to um, laugh. But yeah, a lot of those things are attractive. So like my my sort of ideal company is is Booz Allen, I'm looking at ManTech. A lot of, a lot of that stuff is they're they're basically only hiring ex-military for a lot of the jobs that I'm looking at, um, or maybe not exclusively, but primarily. Um, so yeah, that's, that's where I get a lot of recruiting calls from. Um, I think if you don't have like staggering hard skills um, to, to kind of demonstrate within your profile, um, you're still gonna have to put yourself out there. A lot of the recruiting calls you get are gonna be for jobs you probably don't want.
1: Right, I, I realized kind of I made a, like a logical error here in that you have 20 years of experience and you have a master's degree. So I, I don't think you are gonna get an entry-level job um because the students are in a a, it's just a apples and oranges comparison but i mean the fact that you're getting contacted so these are actual analytics positions that are reaching out to you though oh wow that's awesome and i i think probably a big factor to that is just the amount of exposure that you're getting because you've you've been you've turned yourself essentially into an an influencer in the analytics space
2: yeah absolutely well and and also i mean you know, putting my employer at the top of my banner no longer says United States Marine Corps; it says Silvertone Analytics, um, which is really hilarious. As I've told you, when I get like marketing calls from people that want to sell us uh, IT services and insurance, and um, oh, I just man. have to politely tell them, "Hey, I'm not, I'm not the decision maker on such things, and I don't think we too much forming yeah. out of our." I, I,
1: I appreciate you not referring them to me. Be like, "Here, get, go talk to uh, this guy." I shut them down. No, they've already, at that point, they've already probably talked to me, like, I will get four or five consecutive non-answered um, messages from these people. Um, I mean, I guess, to give you a little bit of a perspective on someone who does have, because I mean, I, I, I'm not the 10, 20,000 following, following, like, influencers that you were talking about, but I do get, I don't know, probably 10 to 15 messages a day, um, and it's, It's really interesting, and I think that this is kind of a conversation that we can have, if you're reaching out to someone for an informational interview or to network and maybe buy them a coffee, um, don't phrase it up like, what can you do for me? And then also make them look through their calendar to set a time to meet with you, because I've got like six businesses or six different things that I'm running in tandem, it's really tough for me to sit down because especially I get like, I don't know, at least one request for that a day at this point.
2: Yeah. Um, so I, one, one tool that we didn't really talk about that is is part and parcel of the premium package that you have to pay for uh, a la carte if you have the free LinkedIn is uh, InMail. Um, right. So you've got, when you send a connection request to someone, you've got 300 characters. Uh, to sell that thing and it gives you about five or six sentences so what i showed you that's about the space you've got i'm sure you guys have done it um, if you want to buy an in-mail i don't remember it's either one dollar or five dollars i can't remember which but it's if you want to connect with that one person that is the you know the golden ticket um, and you really want to make an impression um, they'll, they'll see that you're not a premium member that you shelled out your own hard-earned money to send them an in and connect with them on linkedin then you've got all the space you want. If you want to give them a full three three paragraph letter about who you are and your hopes and dreams and why you want to connect with them, awesome. Um, But there's, that's pretty impressive if somebody, I mean, it has yet to happen to me. Um, That would be pretty impressive, I would think, if somebody, a non-premium LinkedIn member is like, I paid five bucks just to tell you more than 300 characters about myself and why I want to connect with you. I mean, I, I'd, I'd, I'd have, have to, to respectfully
1: thing, disagree. I, I had no idea that, that that's what was going on. Would <laughs> well, you think most of the people would know that? Because I wouldn't well, even Well the, the
2: marketers buy those in bulk and they probably okay. get them premium. So if you get like a pitch on InMail, no, nah, they didn't. Okay. It's not, but yeah, it's like a young, young professional reaches out to you with an mail, they pay for it. Um, and, that, and if you respond and you connect with them, I think they get the money back. I think that's the, that's oh, the hook yeah. there um but yeah i mean that that speaks volumes right there and that person really wants to connect with you
1: right okay so any last questions cuz i i think that we've put a pin in it this has been a fantastic first episode to kick off season 2 i have
3: a question sure. uh, so i saw somebody like make a post on linkedin the other day uh basically saying that like resumes are dead and that it's all about like your online presence and how you like market yourself and like your personal brand. And I was just wondering like what your thoughts on that like are like how relevant is your resume now compared to like your LinkedIn or you know how you appear on, uh, on the internet basically.
2: Yeah, I mean, there's still, that, that's kind of a, a big hot take and I've seen that out there Quite a bit. Um, it's just, you know, it's like the Skip Bayless of of LinkedIn. It's like whoever can shout the loudest and say the the, the most obnoxious thing. It's becoming truer. Um, you still need a resume. Uh, you still, there are still many, many situations that will call for you to send your resume. I mean, the the kind of cop out answer, but the true answer is you need both. They both need to be good. Um, but you know, the first glance is probably going to be your LinkedIn profile. And besides, every time you send out a resume, it's going to have your LinkedIn profile on there anyway. So, what do you think is you know your resume should? A student should probably be about one page. I remember Tina telling you that. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you know they've got one page of you. Well, what happens if they want to see more? What happens if they want to see you know if you've taken the time like you hand them a great resume? Clearly, you spent time on that, or you wouldn't have produced it. Um, Now they say, okay, well, let's see if she's taking care of her profile as well. Um, And then, um, like I said earlier, those recruiters that go searching for for someone in your area with your skill set are not going to come up with a stack of resumes from that search. They're going to come up with a stack of people on LinkedIn, and then hopefully you've got your resume linked on there, or if they're really interested, they'll ask you for it. But that could be the first and possibly last thing anybody sees of you is your LinkedIn profile. So what's... I would say right now LinkedIn profile might be slightly more important. It's probably gaining um, as we go forward, but yeah, to say resumes are dead. That's unless that's like industry specific to an industry that I'm not familiar with. um, I, I have a resume. I work on it. I've, I've given it out. It's, it's a thing that's required. It's required for like networking events where I'm not even going in there thinking I'm getting a job. I'm just meeting. Awesome. Well,
1: I think I think that pretty much wraps up the first episode of season two. Al, actually, sorry, I misspoke. Albert. Speaking of branding and rebranding, it doesn't say that
2: on the screen, so I, <laughs> I can't get too mad about it. Yet.
1: It says AI Bellamy.
2: What is, yeah, what is? <laughs> it, telling you? That's why I said you got to have everything on brand. I, I screwed up. I didn't take my
1: interesting. Uh, so that was amazing. I wasn't expecting the full blown PowerPoint presentation. I I just thought we were gonna have a, a conversation about LinkedIn and how you can develop strategies to grow your network and land a job. That was way above and beyond my expectations. And I am super grateful for not only you coming on and helping grow kind of our following, but this is probably one of the best pieces of content I think that we've ever put out. So thank you so much. Awesome, thank you. Hey, I hope you really enjoyed this episode. as if you just took 30 seconds and left us a review with a little blurb about what you learned. Thank you so much for your time and attention, and I hope you enjoy the rest of your day.